0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 303, recorded live on Sunday, April 14th, 2013. And here are your hosts. The man who can beat me in almost any first-person shooter, Dave Pillay. Hey! The man who has uh, accepted the fact that he isn't any good at first-person shooters, Andy Lohai. And our guest this week, the man who most likely could beat the pants off of both of us, Jeremy from New World Interactive.
1: How's it going? It's going good, Jeremy. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad.
2: Happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here. So, hi.
0: Hey, Andy. Yeah, I... Let me just tell you, playing Insurgency, um, I have reaffirmed my belief that I am no good at first-person shooters.
2: (laughs) Which is... Interesting to me, because you're the one who got me into the Half-Life series. I probably wouldn't actually have Steam if it weren't for you.
0: Oh, you're trying to blame this all on me now.
2: Yes, actually. Okay. So, Insurgency. Um, Jeremy, why don't you you tell us... uh, uh, Actually, before we get into Insurgency, because I've got Wikipedia... Uh, I know a little bit about New World Interactive, but Jeremy, would you like to talk about where this company came from and kind of the history?
1: (laughs) Sure. Um, So, our company is about two years old now, I'd say, a little more than that, like two and a half years. Um, We basically got started uh, about a year after I graduated college in 2010. And um, the idea was basically to put together the original uh, core team that, that made Insurgency to work on a sequel. So, I started out in uh, New York, kind of doing this super independent um, working for my apartment and stuff like that, and eventually got some investment and decided to start a company out in Colorado. Um, the idea was to kind of attract people that were talented with a with a pretty good quality of life and you know Colorado's not really known for having a whole lot of video game development activity going on, um, but it 's a great place to have a studio um, so uh so for the past year about year year and a half we've been uh we've had a bunch of people on site and we've um gotten a whole bunch done for this game um recently we've kind of downscaled a little bit now that we're actually out um we've sort of uh shrunk in size a little bit because we've had to sort of reduce our budget a little bit and and rethink a few things um but we're still you know we're still here we're still out in Colorado and uh, you know, hopefully things will pick back up in the near future when we go on Steam and stuff like that.
0: Wait, you're out in Colorado how is the How is the video game industry out in Colorado?
1: Uh, it's you know, it's not. There's not much going on. Uh, there's another company here called Ilphonic. Uh, they put out a game on Steam semi recently uh, called Nexus. Uh, it's spelled N-E-X-U-I-Z. It's like an arena FPS. Um, they're actually really good uh, friends of mine. And they offered essentially to incubate us when we were first getting up off the ground. So we actually worked out of their conference room for about eight months. Um, and they, you know, they were very cool about rent. And uh, it was good to just have another development studio around while we were getting our feet off the ground. So, uh, so they're there. Um, there's NetDevil. There's, um, I think, Lego used to be here, Sony. Uh, and there's a few, few others. Um, not a huge presence. But that didn't really stop us, I guess. Um, but, you know, we can get an office and for a lot less than you know in the Bay Area or something like that, and um, and pay people. You know, we're, we're a startup, so we can't afford to pay people, you know, tremendous salaries or anything. So the idea is to, to pay people affordable wages that we could, you know, sustain a business on. Um, and uh, you know, here, you know, rent is pretty cheap, and um, we're, we're sort of able to do that uh, better than other places.
2: I was going to ask if you've had trouble cap, recruiting out there and hiring people since it, it seems like more developers would head towards either Boston or New York or the Bay
1: Area. See, that's actually uh, not really true, I don't think, because um, I was in New York and I found it extremely difficult there because, uh, you know, for the startup nature that we are, I couldn't really attract people of of caliber to come and move to like Queens, you know, and live like in the hood. Um, I, that's, that's not easy to do, you know? Um, so I, I've actually found that it's been easier to attract people to come here cause it's kind of like a crossroads, like, you know, between the country, you know, I can get people from the East coast that are willing to come. I can get people from the West coast that are willing to come and it's not too far of a journey, you know?
2: And you get to sell the skiing.
1: Yeah. I get to snowboard. Yeah. Nice.
0: Nice. Exactly. So wait, are you a snowboarder or are you a skier?
1: I'm a snowboarder.
0: That's okay. I'll still like you anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys are from... No, I don't Michigan? like
0: snowboarding. I've been a two-planker my entire life.
2: Uh, uh, we're, we're both from Michigan. Andy's still in Michigan. And I've fled to Wisconsin.
1: Okay. Basically the same place. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have your rivalries, I know. A couple of them. Um, yeah. So... Insurgency. Now, did you
0: work with the you? Okay, you worked fine. with the original insurgency, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I was the uh, project lead on the original insurgency um, from I would say uh, conception to first release, um, which was like a full- oh, did we lose em? Pretty popular initially. Um, I I uh, went to college, which wasn't really an option for me. It's just sort of the background I come from. Uh, you know, going to college is like a you know one hundred percent required thing. So, um, so yeah, I went to college instead of, you know, fast tracked it to the the game industry and, uh, insurgency became increasingly difficult for me to manage while I was in college. Um, you know, on top of school, you know, uh, personal life and, and all that, you know, managing a team of, you know, 20 or so people all over the world was not an easy task. So, um, in the interest of, of the mod, I, I gave it up, um, shortly thereafter to some other guys who, uh, kept working on it. Um, so the people that I'm working with on, on this project are the people that worked on the original, uh, mod, like way back, like when we first started the people that were on the original core team, basically. Um, in addition to insurgency, uh, I also have a little bit more background, um, working on these types of games. I was the, uh, original founder and project lead on red orchestra. Which is a uh, pretty popular game now. Um, I, I worked on that before Insurgency, uh, but I was I was very young when when that game was sort of taking off and uh, winning, Make something Unreal contests, and they actually started a company, um, Tripwire. Yeah, Tripwire. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and I was a little bit too young, I guess, to sort of participate or uh, be be valuable in any way to the company. Um, so. I sort of parted ways um, when I was about 16 years old. I was really young and uh, moved on to insurgency. So so that's a little bit about my background, um, working on those two projects.
0: How, okay, so insurgency, this is insurgency two, basically, is what we're doing. You're creating now, right?
1: Well, we're calling it insurgency. We were calling it insurgency two, but we decided to um, just call it insurgency because uh, we feel like it, you know, it embodies a lot of the characteristics um, of the mod, especially the intensity, which is the most uh, the most highlighted aspect of the mod that people really feel like is lacking in other first-person shooters that we want to retain. Um, so, there's a lot of things about this game that are a lot like the mod, but at the same time, it is a little bit of a different game. Um, so, we so by calling it Insurgency 2, we f- we feel like we're giving people the impression that. Um, that this is a, exactly the same game, but just with new content and stuff like that. Um, but that's not really the case. We see, we see this more as the fully the fully realized version of insurgency, if that makes any sense. It's kind of what we always wanted to make when we were working on the mod, but um, you know we were pretty young at the time and we never really achieved um, the goals that we you know sought out for the project.
0: Now, is this still based off the architecture of Half-Life 2, or you guys have a
1: different engine, or what? Sort of. Um, it's still a Source Engine game, so we're using uh, the CSGO, Counter-Strike Go version of Source Engine. So we got the fancy cascaded shadow mapping um, and good lighting features and stuff like that, that CSGO has that the 2007 version of Source that we used to work with you know, did not have by any means. Um, so... So yeah, I mean, it's sort of the same tech. We, you know, we, we basically originally we ported uh, the 2007 version to the Portal 2 version of Source Engine, actually, <clears throat> and that took about three months of direct porting the mods code to the new engine. And um, thereafter, we just you know kept building, adding on to it, uh, removing stuff that we felt uh, we didn't want anymore, um, and uh, more recently switching from Portal 2 to CSGO to get those uh, fancy lighting features that make our game look pretty.
2: <laughs> and it does indeed, by the way, it look quite pretty. Hopped in for you. a little bit. Um, so are are you working on this full-time? Like, I, I know you have no World Interactive. Is this your job right now, is working on this?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it pretty much takes up all my time. There's a, There's a bunch of us working full-time on this. It's not just me. Um, you know, like I was saying before, you know, we we have downscaled a little bit lately. Um, so we used to be actually seven people on site, but uh, two people uh, had to go home to work contract for personal reasons, and uh, another two people I had to let go unfortunately for uh, financial restrict, restriction reasons. Um, so you know, at this point, there's only three of us now that are on the on site team, and we have about. Uh, I want to say six people that are off-site working con- on a contract basis all around the world. So so we're about a team of, of about 10 total, um, but our core team is a little smaller. Uh, so hopefully, you know, once we get on Steam and hopefully we get, get more people playing, we'll be able to sort of step up um, our team a little bit more and get progress coming out a lot faster than it is right now.
0: All right, now I always have to ask this um with people who talk about having international uh, co-workers. How are you guys handling communication and all that
1: stuff? Uh, well, we, um, a lot of these people I worked with for a really long time, like since the mod, so I want to say about eight years I've known some of these people. So a lot of them are very self-directed. Like they don't need a lot of overhead management. They, they sort of, we, we tell them what we want from them and then they're able to sort of just go off and actually do it. Um, so I've been blessed to have a team that, that doesn't require constant management. Um, however, we do use um, IRC, which is a really old school sort of uh, chat program that people used to use back in the day. Um, we have an IRC channel that everybody's just kind of idles in um, even when they're not actually there. So we can always get in touch with each other when we need to, and uh, we have the occasional Skype meeting and stuff like that.
0: I was still using IRC. Granted, I still use hey, IRC. Don't,
2: don't give me that, Andy. You Are still are you logged into IRC
1: right now?
0: Uh, no, because I had to restart my computer, but I would have been. Uh-huh,
1: right. <laughs> A likely story. IRC is great. I mean, that's how we, uh, with the original Red Orchestra project, um, about... I guess, 10 years ago now. That's how we that's how we communicated. It was all IRC. Yeah. I mean, it works.
2: It's it's effective, fast, and cheap.
1: Yeah. That's the reason why it's still around. Yeah, surprisingly.
0: <laughs> all right. Now, I was looking over this, and I was trying to, um, when I was playing, trying to figure out which uh, of the three builds I wanted to go with. When did, what made you decide to basically try and make three separate characters? Mm-hmm.
2: Like okay, the, you just, the, you the skirmish, the... When Build loadout.
0: Loadout, sorry. Loadout right. type yeah, build, classes,
2: not, not yeah. Classes,
0: There we go. My yeah. well,
2: the, lingo the idea... is not when you say build, Andy, to a developer, that means something else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. Well well the idea kinda comes from uh Rainbow Six and I guess Tribes uh both did it this way. Um, where basically you could pick, you know, between three different uh you know outfits basically, um light, medium, and heavy which would determine your speed, your armor your ammo capacity and stuff like that, and each of them have their own trade offs you know it's basically your gameplay style like what do you like to do do you like to do you like to get quick into the action or do you like to sort of sit back and um, you know support your team uh, there's a lot of people with different play styles out there, and uh, doing a system like this allows us to cater to kind of all those play styles and uh, you know at first, we wanted to make it so that the weapons don't aren't dependent on your class at all, so you could just you could be a heavy and you could Rock a submachine gun if that's the gameplay unique gameplay style that that you, that you want, you know. Um, but there's actually been a huge amount of um, uh, interests uh, forming from our community in actually restricting the class a little bit more, like making it so that like light or is called recon or something instead of light, and you know, by default you, you get access to like the submachine gun, the shotgun, or something. Um, and and maybe people could could you know use their supply points to get different weapons, but, you know, you start out with, with the weapons, um, that are more specific to your class. So this is like something that we're, this is like our evolution of the class system, I guess, is, is sort of, uh, like making each class a little bit more distinct and, uh, and hopefully adding a few new ones. Um, so, so I would consider this kind of a starting point where we're at right now.
0: So, you so mentioned- yeah, they actually, they want more class distinction rather than less. Um,
1: yeah, pretty much. Hmm.
2: So, Jeremy, you mentioned the community involvement on that, and that you're you're grabbing their input. How is community involvement in the project so far? I mean, it's it's kind of closed beta. Have you have you sent this out to a lot of people? How many are, are kind of involved?
1: Well, first of all, it's closed alpha, not beta.
2: So, okay, sorry, closed and, alpha.
1: And the only the only thing that that means is that technically we're not claiming that we're feature complete. You know, we're not claiming that this game is like going to come out soon. Um, basically what we're trying to tell people is that this is, you know, it's an unfinished product um, and anything could really change. You know, like if there's enough of an interest for something, then, uh, then you know, we're going to take that thought very seriously and actually consider implementing it, even at this stage in the game. Um, so so that's sort of what makes it distinct. In terms of how many how much feedback we've actually gotten and how many people are actually playing... Um, we've gotten, we haven't gotten a huge amount of sales. We've gotten a little over a thousand at this point, um, sales. So that's not very many. You know, it doesn't translate into a high concurrent um, user playing at any given minute, you know, rate right now. Um, but what it allows us to do is it allows us to um, get the feedback from the core community, the people that played the mod a lot, and the people that that really are looking for this type of game, which are, have been the people that have gotten it so far. Um, we haven't really had any impulse buyers, you know. Like we're not on Steam yet, so there haven't been really any people that, you know, have just been like, "Oh, that looks cool. I'm gonna check it out." Yet, you know, basically our community is is the real um, closely knit insurgency community right now. Um, so the advantage to this is that we're able to make these changes to the game. Like if you, if you talk to anybody who's who got early access on March 1st. And uh, is playing in the build that we released last night. Um, they, you know, it'll be very common. You'll hear from people that the game's gotten a lot better in the past, you know, month and a half. Sure, it could have gotten even better, you know, if we had more people working on it, um, more talent. Um, but, um, but it has seen significant progress. And and as a result, when we do get on Steam now, um, we actually benefited from all this time listening to people and, and letting people play the game early so we didn't we didn't overexpose ourselves you know um we kind of kept it small while we're in this improving state and now that the game is in a little bit more of a mature state um we're going to be able to put it out on on steam early access and i i think people will appreciate it a lot more than if we put it out on there about a month ago
2: yeah i was actually just about to ask if you were considering early access so I'm i'm glad to hear that you are
1: yeah, we're already talking to Valve about it and uh we have actually a date locked in, but we're not announcing it yet. More okay. to come more to come soon with that. But yeah, it's coming soon. We're gonna be on Steam early access and that'll be a, a really good opportunity, I think, for our community to get a little bigger and um for us to get even more feedback coming in and and hopefully for um you know, for the future of our studio. Um yeah.
0: Are you um concerned at all about having confusion between the the mod and your game on steam
1: um not necessarily because the mod will still be there you know people could still play it you know they're gonna people are gonna look at look up insurgency they're gonna see our game and they're gonna see the mod and you know the mod will be free but the graphics are gonna be you know five years old yeah And, and then they're gonna see our game and it's gonna cost something and it's gonna be Newer and more up to date, and people are going to realize that this is the, you know, the the actual game version.
0: Now, I was curious about uh, trying to figure out which server I wanted to go to when I was playing it. Well, it, it said something about like realism
1: server. Is that something? Is that a different game type or what? Well, in the past, um, we have actually been working very close with the community um, on a realism mode. Uh, we we've allowed a, a good chunk. of... Actually, a bunch of guys that have been taking uh, the game very seriously and have been um, putting a lot of time and passion into um, getting this this realism mod for the game um, up to the community standards, like what the community wants to see in like the movement and the weapon feel and all that. Um, so in the past, we were going to have these very two different, very different sort of game modes, but I think the future that lies ahead is going to be more that they're going to be actually pretty consistent with each other. Um, We're going to go more in the realism direction um, in the normal mode. Um, So the main difference between the realism and the non-realism is going to be things like, uh, like no kill feed and no kill cam and stuff like that. Stuff that makes it a little bit more difficult, more challenging, more realistic to play, um, but doesn't really have an impact on like the feel of the weapons, the, the player movement, um and the core you know the core mechanics so to speak okay so one thing i will say too is that you you know you asked how how we've been responding to like community feedback and you know i think i think so far like that's been like our main thing that we're trying to do to sort of stand ourselves out i mean sure we we do feel like this game is unique in its own right and and will be able to find its own niche in the FPS community. Um, you know, just being something that's very realistic, but doesn't feel very restrictive or clunky or anything like that, it's, it's, it's an accessible, um, realistic game. And, and that's sort of been our thesis, is that it's possible to make a game that's both highly realistic and highly accessible, um, even though people don't really think that that's true. And you know that's sort of our goal is to prove to people that that is a possibility that you can make a game that 's both realistic and, and accessible um, so
2: what steps are you taking to make this accessible
1: uh, well i think uh I think having the smaller maps um you know for the people that that don't want you know to to explore too much and then die and then you know run for a while and then die and stuff like that um going to be it's going to be better for for people like newbies, people that um, Have they really uh, played this type of realistic game before because um, because then if they die they 're right back in the action and they don 't really feel like they they uh, they lost a lot of their time so so it 's a little less frustrating um, I think another thing too is our weapon system uh, that that 's sort of the core mechanic of the game that I think defines sort of uh, what makes this game distinct it 's sort of just how our weapons feel like you 're not going to find a game out there that uh, that has weapons that feel like our weapons. Um, the closest thing you're going to find is our games like Red Orchestra or Arma that are um, anywhere close to what, we're, that, to what we're doing. But at the same time, I think that our game is a lot less clunky, um, a lot smoother um, than, than both of those games in terms of the way the weapons feel. Um, so that's an example of... Just our weapon system in general is an example of us trying to balance... Something that's realistic because you know there's no crosshair. You know the weapons um, aren't stuck to the middle of the screen. We have the free aim and all of that. Um, But at the same time, uh, you know it's not difficult. It's not difficult for people to grasp. It's it's very it's very accessible. So so once again, this is just an example of us sort of um, finding a compromise between realism and and access. You know and um, and I'm really happy with the way our, our weapon system turned out. I think it's something that sort of defines our game and in a lot of ways it's something that people have expressed as one of the higher um higher higher quality features of our game right now
0: yeah your weapon loadout um was actually i thought quite extensive i'm sitting there with a shotgun and it's like okay well what do you want for the shotgun do you want this grip do you want what are those what are those different modifications how do they affect the weapons
1: um well we have a bunch of different weapon options um Basically, initially, when we when we were first prototyping this game, it was like the mod where there were no upgrades, and we felt like there was just something sort of lacking. Like, how can we compete against, you know, all the shooters that are out in this day and age if our weapons don't even support upgrades? You know, like, like let's face it, like, you know, there's all kinds of attachments being used out there, and, you know, we might not have the most realistic implementation in the, the sense that insurgents get access to these optics, too. When in real life, you know maybe they wouldn't, um, but you know that's one of the instances where we have to think about gameplay over realism, um, because ultimately this game has to be balanced. So maybe eventually, further down the line, we'll have kind of asymmetrical upgrades where the insurgents have different upgrades than, you know, security. But for now, this works, and you know we have a few, we have a bunch of different options. We have um, holographic sights, four uh, X scopes, um, different types of uh, ammo. Uh, armor piercing which does more damage against armor and less damage against flesh and hollow point which does more damage against flesh and less damage against armor um, we have foregrips which reduces uh, recoil, heavy barrel which um, increases bullet penetration um, what else do we have? We have a laser, a laser dot, a laser pointer um, so you could essentially have a crosshair basically um, but at the same time you can give your position away because enemies can see your laser, laser pointer um, let's see what else do we have? Uh, and a silencer. That's the last one that I miss. Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah.
2: Impressive.
0: Yeah. Now, I did you have to find licenses for all these weapons, or no?
1: Um, no. There's ways you can get around that, just by um by by not you know showing their logos in the game, not using their you know trademarked names, basically. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I first read that. There was like, "Wait, there's licensing fees with weapons?"
2: Yeah, I mean that's another reason why. Colts some- wants their money, Andy. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do. Yeah, but that's the thing too is we're kind of a smaller project, so um, we're more likely to fl- fly under the radar than you know some of the bigger games out there like Battlefield or yeah. Call of Duty or something.
2: What's your your stance on people? You know, when, once you finally get this out, are you going to release um, mod tools? given that Insurgency itself was spawned from a mod.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, we're extremely involved in uh, getting this game into a state where it can be customized and modded by the community. Um, You know, we've already supported uh, these guys working on this realism mod, and actually we've already put out an SDK uh, so people can actually make custom maps already. Um, So... So yeah, we're, we're pursuing that. We, we, we probably are not going to release full source code. Um, at least that's not in the, any near plans um, to make for people to make full, you know, total conversion mods of our game. Um, but you know, every other element of the game should be customizable. You know, new maps, custom you know models and textures and stuff like that.
0: All right.
2: I, you, do you have anything else?
0: I'm, I'm trying to think of something else, but I, nothing's coming to mind. I've got all my bases covered.
2: I, I've got my list kind of filled out here, so I, Jeremy, I think that's it. Unless you've got anything else you want
1: to add? Um, not really. I mean, people should look out for the game You know, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, things are about to, I think, step up, I, I want to say. Yeah, uh, so early access. Oh, yeah. How many people do you have on a map? Uh, it's up to thirty-two right now. Technically, the server could push even more than that if they wanted. But D- some of would you
0: find that thing a little chaotic having that many? Because I know playing TF two with you, if you have more than sixteen people, it starts to get a little crazy.
1: Well, it depends on the map. We're we're sort of we're doing a variety of different maps. We're doing these smaller maps, which are probably the ones that you've played. Uh, we're doing some medium size and some larger maps too. So uh, the larger maps will obviously do better with larger uh, player counts. But, you know, one of our design goals with this game is to make sure that it's fun with, you know, 10 people. Um, You know, we find, I found just by sort of studying these multiplayer shooter type games that, you know, you're going to have more success as a game if, if people can play it on smaller servers and still enjoy themselves as opposed to sort of requiring there to be, you know, like 20 plus people on a server in order for it to be fun, you know.
0: Yeah, I was I was having fun. Uh, I logged in for a few minutes this morning and there was only one other person on. <laughs> so it was a, it was a 1v1 on the map and that was a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah. Cuz you're sitting there going like, "Okay, your headphones on, volume turned up, you're just trying to hear anything, it's trying intense. to see anything." It's intense.
2: You beat me, Andy, cuz when I logged on, there was no one there.
0: Sorry. I got, I got called into a game of Civilization. Ooh, Sorry. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, that was my only other question.
2: All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming on and talking with us.
0: Uh, before we go, we normally let the, the guests kind of pimp a site, anything they want to. <laughs>
1: um, playinsurgency.com. All right.
2: Cool. Thank you very much, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
2: And best of luck. Appreciate it.
0: And so, that was Jeremy. All right. Cool.
2: Said that a lot today already.
0: Yes. I, once it's again, perfect. will say that um, I swear my reflexes are getting slow.
2: Well, you haven't been practicing. No. Perhaps we should hop onto Insurgency at some point.
0: And try it out.
2: Yeah. See well, if we can get try better. Try it out, but actually play each other in it.
0: Hence that, yes, battle each other in a game of insurgency, one on one.
2: Just hunting around. Yes. Rather do it in a laser tag arena.
0: Yes, but I feel like this one would be a easier odds. (laughs)
2: Like that's that's probably not quite as fair, is it?
0: No, Mr. Dance, dance.
2: What? With the the
0: jumping and jiving and moving around. Laser tag dance.
2: Laser tag dance. See, when you say dance dance, I think like DDR, dance dance revolution, not dancing in laser tag.
0: Anyway, topics:
2: jump, jive, and whale. Topics. What do we what? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got?
0: Um, First off, the uh, post office has been banned from giving up
2: Saturday delivery. What? (laughs) Like Congress went in and said, "No, you can't."
0: Congress's recent continuing resolution to continue funding the government contains language that prohibits the United States Postal Service from making the change of dropping Saturday delivery.
2: Okay, well then. That's interesting. Did they give more funding to the post office?
0: Does not believe so, no. (laughs) Because technically the post office is supposed to be self-sustaining. It's not. No, it's not.
2: It's not let's let's oh by the way on on kind of a random side note what should i do if i think my postman might be opening my mail
0: why would your postal guy be opening
2: your mail well because i got a package yes and it was open and empty huh yeah you know what was supposed to be in there what a credit card oh um yeah I'm, I'm calling the post office tomorrow.
0: Well, I would say call the postal inspectors as well.
2: There's a postal inspector?
0: Yes, there's the postal inspectors.
2: Okay, see the United that would be States
0: good Postal Inspection Service.
2: USPIS.gov. USPIS. USPIS. USPIS.gov. Cool. Thank you, Andy.
0: Mail fraud, mail theft, identity theft, vandalism okay. to your mailboxes. These are the guys that. Cause serious pain to people who are messing
2: with the postal system. Good, because someone's messing with my mail. Well, there you go. Alternatively, I suppose it could have opened en route, but would I mean you? You've delivered. Well, was it a
0: letter or was it like an actual package?
2: It was an envelope. It was it was a padded envelope.
0: Oh, those most likely that was actually glued by a machine. Cause that's that's happened to me. Where I'm it just it was
2: glued by my mother. Oh, which is to say, it was sealed by her before she dropped it in the mail.
0: Well, then I don't know. I was going to say, sometimes the, you, you just the the letters that are run through the machine every once in a while, some of them will be open. You're just like, that's odd.
2: Okay, so if inside this envelope had been a letter, basically another envelope, which itself was open. Would it be reasonable to expect that to be returned to the original address on the inner envelope?
0: I don't know. I don't have access to the machine in half of the postal service.
2: Okay. Well, I'll call call the post office. Yeah. So the post office can't stop Saturday mail service. No. But they also don't control their own finances. Nope. And they're out of money. Yes. (laughs) What? I... What does Congress think they're going to do? I mean, maybe this is like a guerrilla campaign against big government, right? I mean, big government, the post office. That's that's stopping our private companies from competing. It's maybe this is all just a really 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 clever plot by like the the small small government factions and say like, "Well, we're we're just going to knock out Post service, we'll make them go broke and show everyone that if we control their finances and we don't give them money, it's not as good as the private sector.
0: It's it's just been a big mess.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. What the hell?
0: But yeah, you could. You said, <laughs> I could see that in the next election cycle. It was like Post Office was losing money. Wanted to cut Saturday mail service to try and save billions of dollars. Your congressman voted no on that.
2: Your congressman voted to prevent that.
0: <laughs> what else has your congressman prevented
2: that you need?
0: Yeah. What other unsound Please. financial decisions has your congressman made?
2: This is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's still going on.
2: Okay. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. On the plus side, you still have a job.
0: Like, we're still going to have a job anyway. It's just going to be less hours.
2: On the downside, they might not be able to pay you. (laughs)
0: Ugh. Okay. So, have you ever heard of Aero? A-E-R-E-O.
2: It's a spell in Final Fantasy 4? I think in 5. And maybe in 8.
0: Uh I'm gonna say no. Maybe I mean, yes. it is.
2: It it is.
0: But in this situation the answer is no.
2: Okay. What is it in this situation?
0: Um it's a company based in New York that basically rents out T V antennas in their little system. These T V antennas are tiny, they're like maybe an inch big. Okay? Okay. But it's That's- an over the air antenna.
2: So what you can transmitting do. Transmitting or receiving? Receiving. Okay.
0: So you'd receive the over-the-air broadcasts from the big four and PBS. So like ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, those over-the-air channels. Yeah. Not yeah. your cable channels, but your over-the-air channels. Right. And what you could do then is watch them anywhere that you want to, on your computer, on your tablet. It can, you can save programs to watch later. Ooh. So it's like a TiVo Plus sort of thing, where it they'll record all the shows, you can watch them later, you can watch them on any device, it's kind of like HBO Go, but with over-the-air channels. And the over-the-air companies are not pleased.
2: Well, okay, except that it's, it, it's over-the-air. Yeah. So screw them!
0: <laughs> well, Fox is saying, screw you guys, because... The president and COO of News Corp has threatened to move Fox from over-the-air to cable, and others are apparently um, thinking of joining him if this stuff takes off.
2: Abandoning the over-the-air networks. Yes. Just, like, picking up stakes and saying, that's it, we're we're done. We're not transmitting anymore. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's their prerogative. That's what they want to do.
0: Oh, it's... It's completely what I think is. Um, I find it just ridiculous,
2: stupid. Yes, yeah.
0: But it's what their big what their big complaint is is the fact that um, so this wouldn't the, the, this thing wouldn't um, you know affect their advertising dollars at all because those aren't part of the Nielsen families, which are not part of the advertising ratings that sort of stuff. So that that doesn't matter. You're still getting your commercials over in the broadcast. That yada yada yada. Right. What the what the the TV stations are worried about is retransmission fees, which are the fees that they get to charge people like Comcast and Dish and Directv to carry the over-the-air broadcasts.
2: Which, so it's them being greedy.
0: Yeah, um, they're estimate the retransmission fees are estimated to be worth three billion dollars in the year twenty fifteen. Holy shit! So you're, yeah, you're talking billions of dollars here. That's supposedly these little tiny antennas in a little New York startup.
2: Well, I mean, holy shit. I got nothing on that. In all honesty, I'm just kind of disappointed that I didn't think to make and sell little one-inch antennas.
0: I'm just surprised that these big, these big guys are, like, freaking out so much about this. It's, you could do that at home with a sling box, can't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, how come there wasn't a big hoopla about that? I don't know. All of a sudden, this one little company comes up there, and Fox literally almost pulls up stakes and leaves.
2: <clears throat> I, I kind of want to see. How much does it cost to get one of these little antennas?
0: I don't know. I haven't actually checked. I think you actually have to be in the New York area.
2: Coming soon to Madison and 21 other cities in 2013.
0: Oh, is expanding?
2: Yeah, and Madison actually is one of the cities that's on the map. Interesting. Pre-register now. Sure, why not? <laughs> There's Detroit, Chicago, and Cleveland. Uh, Minneapolis, Madison, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Philly, Boston, Providence, D.C., Raleigh, Atlanta, Birmingham, Tampa, Miami, Austin, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Denver, and Salt Lake City. Hmm. Speaking of cities in Texas, by the way...
0: Austin, Texas seems to be the Southern...
2: The Southern?
0: Southern. It's like a sauna in here.
2: Sauna in here. But Southern? Southern?
0: I don't know. I was trying to say Southern, and it just came out wrong, and then I paused, and then it just hung there in the air. It was bad.
2: Yeah. Anyway, Google Fiber is going to Austin,
0: Texas. So goodbye, Kansas City.
2: It's not goodbye, Kansas City. This is in addition to Kansas City. They're not just, like, pulling up stakes in Kansas City.
0: No, they're adding to Austin, Texas. Which seems to be what's the size of Kansas City, Missouri versus Austin, Texas?
2: Let's find out. WolframAlpha.com. dot com. It's Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. What's Missouri's state mo? Code? Kansas City, Missouri versus Austin, Texas. Kansas City's city population is 459,000. Austin is 790,000.
0: So they're moving up.
2: If you take the urban area, which is the surrounding area, because remember, Kansas City, Missouri is only half of Kansas City. True. So if you take the urban area population, kind of the the surrounding areas, Kansas City is 1.3 million people. Austin is 900,000 people.
0: Oh, okay, so... It seems Austin's then very uh densely populated, yes, which would make if you sense. Take That's the like
2: metro area population, which is beyond the urban area population uh Kansas City is two million people. Austin is one point seven million people.
1: <laughs>
0: at what point do you stop calling it Austin?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, look at Detroit, right? Detroit's yeah. metropolitan area, I think that includes Ann Arbor true. It's like forty miles away,
0: yeah, there's some people who say that Detroit ends at two seventy five
2: Those people are wrong.
0: Where you say it ends at uh six nine not uh, m fourteen I, I think
2: calling the airport Detroit is kind of a stretch. I mean Romulus is a suburb, but that's even that's kind of on the outer edge.
0: Well, that's two seventy five isn't it?
2: yeah, I guess it is.
0: yeah. I was like, wait a second, you should take 275 South to get off at the airport. Yes, that
2: is at the airport, right. I need a map. It's been a long time since I've lived over there.
0: <laughs> Do you know where Michigan is anymore?
2: <laughs> north.
0: Oh, it's just kind of like my family where they're all, whenever I come back home to Saline, they're all just like, so, how's your drive oh, down?
2: I need to check. Okay, good. Michigan actually is to the north. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't going crazy. If I walk out of my apartment and keep walking straight north, I will hit Michigan.
0: Yeah, two seventy five is how you go do the end around of getting to the airport.
2: Yep, going down near uh, McNamara. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, that's not a. Ba- As I said, though, like Romulus, that's a stretch to call that Detroit because that's also going to include like Livonia.
0: Okay, so what about maybe going maybe calling Dearborn the edge of Detroit?
2: Like, I don't think Dearborn is part of Detroit. Oh, by the,
0: time, I... by the time you reach Dearborn, you're basically in Detroit.
2: Yeah. Dearborn's weird, though. I think Dearborn's like it, – it's an island within Detroit.
0: Okay, <laughs> well, let's go f- – how far north? Do you call 696 the dividing point?
2: You'd almost have to. Uh, well, okay, so I'm, I'm looking – you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the grid layout of roads. Okay. I'd say that the grid layout is a symbol of being in Detroit.
0: Oh, so when the, when the grid shifts –
2: yeah, so it, it does indeed go past uh, 275. Once you get out to like Plymouth, that's still Detroit.
0: Are you saying Ipsy, then, is the dividing line?
2: Uh, Somewhere between Ipsy and Plymouth. The Willow Run Airport, maybe?
0: Oh, I see. Now that's just... That's, for, I love how anybody who's listening to this podcast who's not from Michigan is probably just going and...
2: Look at a map. Go look at a map right now. Just go do it. Ah, the map I'm looking at finally loaded all the portals. Oh. There's a lot.
0: So, should we talk about something? So, Google Fiber is moving down to Austin. Yes. I'm guessing the same rules still apply, where you have to have it in your you have to have enough people in your neighborhood who want it before they start coming out.
2: One would assume.
0: I guess the prices are probably going to be the same.
2: One would wonder also t- and competition.
0: I wonder how AT&T Texas is going to respond to this.
2: There's, there's competition I saw for this one, though. I don't know if it was AT&T or if it was someone else, but someone else is laying a fiber line down there.
0: Oh, yeah, the prices will be similar. The uh, only variation may be in the television programming. So you might have different television programming options. And they still are wanting to do the Fiber Hoods, and they said it should be starting in 2014. Well,
2: lucky Austin, Texas. Mm. Bastards. Blizzard! Okay. There
0: are no Blizzards in Austin, Texas.
2: That you know of. Uh, Blizzard Entertainment, a subsidiary of... Oh,
0: Blizzard Entertainment, okay.
2: Yes. As in Activision Blizzard. Yes. Uh, Just bought an eSports group... From IGN of all people, did you know IGN had an esports group? No, neither did Zach I. Zach probably
0: knew that IGN had an esports group.
2: Zach has probably worked with the IGN esports group. <laughs> I did not know that they had an esports group. They well, do. they
0: well they did.
2: They did. They they don't anymore because Blizzard bought them. Now Blizzard has an esports group. So, I, what there, do you think this means? I mean, it means StarCraft II. Why? What do you think it means?
0: Uh, that's what I think it means, too. It means Blizzard was like, well, wait a second. Everybody's starting to get into this whole esports thing. Starting you want a piece two, of that. They've
2: known about it. They've promoted it. They've done stuff with it. I think they just needed more infrastructure. By the way, did I tell you about the – I started playing StarCraft II again. Uh, have I told you about the Bejeweled map for StarCraft II?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, you did.
2: Because that's just so cool.
0: From what I've read, though, it seems to be a little um, uh, un unbalanced at the moment.
2: The StarCraft II or the Bejeweled map?
0: The Bejeweled map.
2: I don't know. I haven't done that yet. I've been, I haven't really looked at it. Why is it unbalanced?
0: The um, spawn rate of... Well, each side just keeps on spawning Terran marines constantly. Yeah. So... Um, The games last for a long time because it's hard to push through that sort of limit.
2: Mine haven't lasted longer than ten minutes. Huh. That might just be because I'm not a bad-bejeweled player.
0: I I don't know. That's the ones that I've seen. People have complained that it the games take too long.
2: Okay. Well, I don't know what games they're playing. I don't know either. They should do better.
0: You know what game I want to play?
2: What game do you want to play, Andy?
0: Batman Arkham Origins.:
2: You know, I haven't played any of the Arkham series. What?: Not a single one.:
0: My apologies to anybody who um, f- didn't realize that was coming. but what?
2: Not a single one. Wh- why?: Because I haven't. I'm not really that interested in them.
0: What? But but it's Batman. So it's Batman.
2: so. Batman has not been one of my favorite superheroes. What? Yeah.
0: Have we not had a favorite superhero random topic? topic?
2: Not that I know of, but Batman wouldn't be mine.
0: We had the Justice League random topic, which Batman should have come up there. I'm surprised I'm learning about this now.
2: Yeah, no, Batman's not one of my favorite superheroes. (sighs) I mean, why would he be?
0: Because he's the Batman.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes he is. I'm still waiting for a reason of why I should care. Because
0: he's the goddamn Batman. (laughs) That's all you need.
2: I need more than he's the Batman.
0: He's... uh, uh, Okay, to quote Sheldon Cooper, anybody could be Batman. All you need is just a large enough startup capital.
2: No! You, You... you know, the same thing could be said. Everyone can be the Hulk. You just need a gamma ray bomb. Anyone could be Iron Man. You just need to know how to use technology. You need a suit.
0: Anybody could be Iron Man. You just need a suit. Right. I bought one at Macy's. Does that count?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Now go fly away.
0: <laughs> Whee! Splat.
2: First splat. No, 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 no.
0: Well, anyway, they have they they are not continuing the story, but they are going backwards, not to well, origin, not not to like because you think Batman Arkham Origins, you think okay, year one sort of stuff, but this is quote unquote year two. Year two. Yes.
2: So he's already Batman.
0: He's already Batman.
2: Do we already have the Joker?
0: I don't know. We're going to have Deathstroke though.
2: Deathstroke. Do I know Deathstroke?
0: Have you been watching Arrow? No, then you probably don't.
2: I'm really, not a huge fan of DC Comics. What? In general, I'm I'm more of a Marvel guy, and even that's only. Eh. Hey,
0: Iron Man three is coming out.
2: I know. I'll be out of the country when it comes out. I can't see it opening night in the U.S.
0: Couldn't you see it opening night in the U.K.?
2: I might be able to, which means I might actually see it well before you guys. <laughs> There's enough time difference I could get out of the theater, call, and say, here's what happens.
0: And that would just be mean. (laughs) (laughs) April 18th, UK premiere.
2: Oh, really? Yep. Yep. April 18th? Yep. Well, then I can't see it opening night in the UK. I won't be there by April 18th. (laughs) But man, I know what I'm doing that one weekend I'm out there.
0: Because by that point, you know, it's been around. It's been out for a while, so you could actually go. and It'll
2: been out for like two weeks. I'll be able to just walk in. And I won't need to worry about it being subtitled. No. I'll just have to worry like there might be some jokes in there that are more appropriate for American audiences. So I'll be like the only guy in the theater laughing his ass off.
0: Oh, I've had that happen to me.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I think I know what I'm doing with my free weekend. I'm going to see a movie.
0: Before it premieres in the United States. Yes.
2: Because it comes out May 3rd? Yeah. In the U.S.? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Get online. Be like, guys, 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 guess what happens? Guess what happens?
0: Somebody has been kicked from the the internet. (laughs)
2: Andy doesn't let me on the show anymore. <laughs> By the way, we need to figure out what's going to happen for, like, the next three weeks of show. Yeah,
0: we do. But we can talk about that later.
2: Yep. All right. In the meantime, uh, what else do we have?
0: Wait, New, New Jersey <clears> starting <throat> up a violent video game law?
2: Yeah, this is the the really funny one, though. Um, It's a New Jersey uh, congresswoman, assemblywoman, whatever they call her in New Jersey. And... It's to prevent the sale or use of mature or adult-only rated arcade games.
0: Uh, are there any?
2: No. (laughs) Announce that plan. So this is the quote. Uh, Prohibit amusement parks, movie theaters, bowling alleys, retail stores, and other public places from making games rated mature or adults-only available to play.
0: I can't even think of the last mature-rated arcade game
2: that I... Andy, the ESRB doesn't rate arcade games.
0: Oh.
2: The reason you can't think of a mature arcade game is because they aren't doing that. Huh.
0: Has anybody talked to her about this law yet?
2: I don't know. Um, so, So Kotaku brought up a good point. On, on their take on this, which is that, okay, there are stores, though, that, like, rent out lands. Yeah. Uh, So, like, Digital Ops in Ann Arbor. Yes. That's a store. It's a public place. So they would not be able to do, like, a Call of Duty land.
0: No. No, they would not.
2: $10,000 fine for the first offense, 20000 for subsequent offenses.
0: You know, the last time I we went to the movie
2: theater, I'm not yeah. sure what
0: arcade games they had. They have air hockey.
2: My movie theater has Hydro Thunder, uh, Time Crisis 3 or 4.
0: I've, never, I've always wanted to try a Time Crisis game, especially with that like, foot pedal to hide.
2: Yep, Galaga slash Miss Pac-Man. I mean, it really feels like they just took uh, uh, Zapzone's arcade and moved it to this movie theater. I swear, I, I expect to turn around and see Jurassic Park.
0: Where Dance Dance Revolution...
2: Or Dance Dance Revolution. Man, if they had DDR there, I would play that so much.
0: Dave, didn't you build your own
2: DDR? I did build my own DDR cabinet. (laughs) Using designs I stole from Ben Pelletier.
0: Oh, goodness.
2: Yep, it worked, too.
0: So, continuing on the lines of video games... Yeah. Microsoft has said... um, that they were going to use an AMD processor in the next Xbox... Well, supposedly, they're going to use an AMD processor in the next Xbox game console, um, which means they're going to drop the PowerPC technology designed by IBM for the Xbox 360, and the game discs made for the current Xbox 360 will not be compatible.
2: Huh. So, a loss of backwards compatibility.
0: Yes. In a roundabout way, they're saying that the Xbox 360 is not going to be... Backwards compatible.
2: Okay, so the the 360 wasn't backwards compatible to the Xbox anyway.
0: So, it it, majority of the discs were.
2: No, that came after a couple updates. If you remember, at release, only certain games were able to be backwards compatible. I am ninety percent certain about that.
0: Because I think that's why that's how I played. Let's see. Let's check the list of Xbox games of when they became compatible. Original list was unveiled on November 11, 2005 on the Xbox website. So, when did the Xbox 360 come out?
2: 2006.
0: November twenty second, two 2005. So, they had a list of backwards compatible games, 279 games, before the Xbox was even released.
2: Okay. So, that was only 279 games? Yes. So, it wasn't all backwards compatible?
0: No. The last update was on 2007, and approximately 51% of the original Xbox library is now compatible with the 360. So, it's half compatible.
2: Right. And this would be not compatible.
0: No, this would be out of the box, nothing. So, this is another
2: rumor. This is not from Microsoft. No. This is a leak
0: Basically from AMD, because AMD is excited to be like, hey, look at what we're doing, look what we're doing, look what we're doing.
2: And I, all right, at this point, yes. <clears throat> Microsoft has been so closed-mouthed about the new Xbox, and every piece of news that has come out for it has been negative.
0: Yes, yes it has.
2: Which leads me to believe, because I'm, I'm starting to shift into that paranoid Dave mode. It's intentional. Microsoft is intentionally leaking negative stories about the new Xbox.: Why?: Because it lowers the bar of expectations. Are... <laughs> because it drives publicity. Everyone's talking about it,
0: but they're not saying good things. That's just like Windows 8. But all, this, all the news that came out about Windows and 8 Andy, was not Andy, good..
2: Andy. When they have their reveal, when, when E3 comes by and Microsoft says, here's what we've got, it's backwards compatible to the 360, it has connect built in, it does not require always-on, it can play used games, what do you think the reaction is going to be? True. Whereas if they had done nothing, if they hadn't said a word about it, and they said, oh, by the way, you know, it doesn't require always-on, and it plays backwards compatible games, and you can play used games, people are like, good, that's what it should be. But now, because these rumors have been out, people are going to go nuts.
0: Unless these rumors are true.
2: In which case, they've done what they can do to soften the blow.
0: True. Dole out the problems one little step at a time. Right. I'm doctor, Your doctor of walks in and tells, instead of telling you you're going to die, he starts out small and says, you know...
2: Life's not all that good.
0: No. Yeah. It seems you got a little something in your throat. We'll Even- try and...
2: Andy, even if they have half of them, right, even if it can't play backwards compatible games, but it can play used games. True. Then it's a positive. It's not, well, wait, but it can't play backwards compatibility. It's, oh, well, at least it can play those used games. I still have that. This is what the University of Michigan did several times while I was there. Say, like, oh, we're going to do uh, graduation at Eastern because our stadium's under construction. People went nuts. They rioted. And they they said, oh, actually, we're just going to do it on the Diag. And people were happy with it. Whereas if they'd come out and said, we're going to do graduation on the Diag, people would have gone nuts and rioted. True. It's a sneaky way to do it. (sighs) So,
0: do you want to talk about anything else?
2: I'm good. Should we wrap up?
0: Yeah, I can't think of anything else.
2: All right, let's wrap up.
0: All right. Random review. Oh, yeah, random review. That's my week.
2: Yeah. I
0: am going to review Ingress.
2: Uh-oh. Do we have the time for this? <laughs> let's
0: make time, buddy.
2: Okay. Oh, And he's going let's... to review a beta game.
0: <laughs> I'm going to review a game that I did not drink the Kool-Aid on.
2: Are you... Suggesting that I've had Kool Aid.
0: I'm suggesting, as you have already brought up Ingress already once in this podcast, that I'm thinking you have drunk the Kool Aid. All right. So Ingress is a completely different game out where I'm at. First off, portals are quite sparsely populated. This, you do not play. Let me just say, say this: you do not play Ingress. Ingress plays you. You have to specifically go out of your way with most of the time driving out of your way to play Ingress. This is not a game you can pick up and, you know, play willy-nilly. You have to let Ingress play you.
2: Okay. I, I, I'm debating how to, to respond to this, whether I should respond as, like, the spinster or just accept your, your points and say, okay. Because I... I see that as a different way. How so? And, and whether or not this is drinking the Kool-Aid or not, I don't know. Uh, but I see that as Ingress is a game that encourages you to break your normal routine.
0: I'm just thinking of the fact that, as of this moment, the nearest green portal to me... Yeah. just keep zooming out.
2: What's, what's the nearest portal to you, Andy?
0: The nearest portal to me is in the middle of a cemetery.
2: Okay, how far away is it? Uh,
0: Let me just see what the Google Maps tells me.
2: Is it within walking distance?
0: Uh, Well, let me tell you. Let me get get my exact numbers out of here, and then I can tell you. Where is the Harris Cemetery? Yes, it's up here. Directions to here, from my house, apartment, walking. It's a 40-minute walk for me. Two miles.
2: Okay. That is, you can do two miles in under 40 minutes.
0: The average walking pace is right around 20 minutes a mile. Having run multiple miles you and walked. You are
2: not an average walker.
0: I'm saying, though, on, on, uh, for a nonchalant walk for me, it's 20 minutes a mile. Okay. And that is one portal.
2: Yeah. Have you suggested other portals near you?
0: Yes, but there is an eight-week...
2: Turnaround time.
0: Turnaround time. Yes. This is, like I said, this is, okay, so there, I, I take classes at KVCC. There is a portal at KVCC. I honestly don't know what else I would suggest at KVCC to be a portal, but there is a portal at KVCC. Um, I don't have 3G service there.
2: Do you have a Wi-Fi service?
0: Yes, but, okay, so you'd have to, you know, go connect to the Wi-Fi. The Wi Fi is in the school building. The portal is outside the building.
2: Okay. But does the Wi-Fi extend there?
0: You I I tried this. You have to kind of find a nice middle ground between the two where the GPS can still see you and put you in the right spot and then you're also still close enough to the Wi Fi to connect to it to get your data. Okay. It takes me last time I timed it it should. About ten minutes of
2: finagling
0: to just even get the two of them to work together.
2: Okay. So, what what I'm hearing, Andy, is that this would be a potentially a better thing for a different place.
0: Yes. out Outside of a city, ingress sucks. Let me just... Downtown Kalamazoo, it would be also, like... Also,
2: there's the fact that you have no green active in your area.
0: That is also the other problem. It was pretty easy to level up but now enough people have joined that we seem to have driven the other team out of the... That's the other thing is you can't play Ingress if your place is one-sided. You can you know, wait for portals to degrade and then redo the links and maybe redo a field here or redo a field there but you oh. need to have an active community in order to play the game. It's like, hey, I got, I, I got a multiplayer game have
2: and I'm considered- the only one who can play it. I mean, you know, you, you say you don't want to travel for this, but have you considered... Wait a minute, what
0: the hell is he doing there?
2: That bastard. Uh, sorry, has, have you considered, like, driving down to Three Rivers?
0: Do you want me to drive down to Three Rivers just to play this game?
2: I drove down to New Glarus. We didn't do it just to play the game. We went for dinner. But we used the game as an excuse to kind of drive ourselves out that far. That's a place we never would have gone on our own. And we found this really nice little restaurant out there that we really enjoyed going to three and by the rivers. way, the that bastard is I just looked at three rivers and someone from Madison is out there fucking around with your portals so he so must
0: you to drive a half hour for dinner
2: you see that's, that's what i' I'm, I'm not
0: it's not that much of an incentive for me. it's like okay, if it's local if i if I was living in downtown Kalamazoo like downtown where you know there's seven like portals next to each portals. other, yeah. then maybe. When I'm on campus, there are two portals on Western's campus. Yes, I have suggested many more, but still, it's an eight-week wait, at least eight weeks to wait for a portal to you know, maybe show up if they approve it. <laughs> there's also, it's great, it's some of the portals you cannot get to if you don't have the right cell phone service out here.
2: Yeah, we actually run into that problem out here as well. There's just some portals where you have to be on Verizon to get them.
0: Yeah, out here, you, there are some portals that only people on AT and T can get to. If you don't have AT and T, good luck. Have fun. Go somewhere else. Yep. So Agreed. Okay. It's not. It's not working. Sorry, I tried it, but thanks, but no thanks.
2: Okay, so it's it's not working for Andy.
0: No. So that's what I'm – I'm honestly saying don't take our original thing for this. Don't, don't take my
2: It's It's certainly something review. you have to try. Yes. I mean it might work better, and uh, yes, does it, does it require you to go out of your way? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, there's all these jokes about people changing their route to work or people who – oh, I used to be able to get to work in five minutes, and now it takes me almost an hour because I go and hit all these other portals. I actually <laughs> took that the other way, and I've started adjusting the portals to my work, where I've, I've suggested a bunch of portals on campus and a couple between my house and work, so that I can just go and hit the portals on the way. Yeah,
0: let me just tell you, I'm working at a post office, and all of the post offices, actually too many of the post offices are portals. Are, are portals. Yep. First off, that doesn't really make any sense with the in-game canon of why post offices are portals.
2: It's a collection of thoughts.
0: Really? At the post
2: office? It really doesn't make any sense.
0: No, no, it doesn't.
2: Libraries a little more so. Yes,
0: libraries make sense. Sculptures make sense. Historical markers make sense.
2: Fire departments, not so much.
0: Fire departments and post offices, they do not make sense. And there are some of these portals in our area that are not even at post offices, yet they're labeled as post offices. There's one that's a Dairy Queen.
2: Well, then correct it, Andy.
0: I've put submissions in saying, there's no way there's no way to say that this portal should not be there's ways of saying like this portal is in a dangerous area or this portal needs to be moved, but there's no way of saying this makes no sense.
2: Um, there's one that's this portal is misnamed.
0: All that one asks you is just to submit a different name for the portal.
2: So name it Dairy Queen.
0: But Dairy Queen should not be a I just there's a way to say this was. There needs to be a way to downvote portals.
2: Um, So if you use the non-in-game submission, you actually can.
0: There's a non-in-game submission?
2: You can do it online.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: And you can say, like, this portal is bad because such and such.
0: All right, so that's my thing is your mileage may vary. May vary. Okay.
2: Andy has, has a very good point. I enjoy it. I've used it as a way to explore southeast Wisconsin and southwest Wisconsin, actually both, uh, and meet a lot of new people and just get out in the summer when the weather starts warming up because uh, this game was made by people in California who don't necessarily understand what a winter is. I am looking forward to being able to just walk around downtown and walk around Verona and hack.
0: Yes, the thing is, if you just got out and walked, it's the six portals downtown. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe eight if you go walk all the way down to the museum and then walk all the way down to Vine Street. So we get got maybe ten. Okay. Beyond that, you're going to have to drive. Mm-hmm. Unless you drive well, I'm down gonna to— have
2: to drive, too. I'll drive downtown where there are dozens. It's all green right now. That's a problem.
0: Yeah. Like I said, we have eight. We don't have dozens. You don't even have a dozen.
2: How far away is uh, Frederick Meyer Garden?
0: That's Grand Rapids.
2: Yeah, how far away is that?
0: That's at least an hour drive on the highway.
2: Okay. Because they've got a fuck ton. Yeah, they do. Goddamn sculpture they're, they're
0: garden. S- yeah, sculpture gardens.
2: Yeah. Goddamn sculpture garden. I yeah. looked at that. It's nuts. So not fair.
0: But like I said, I tried it. Didn't like it. Womp womp. Oh, come
2: on. That's There's a city in Michigan called Ada. Yes. And it only has three portals.
0: What, the Ada... Historical fire
2: post office and fire. Yeah, but Ada is the name of the AI in the story.
0: Oh yeah, I never listened to that. Oh, that's another thing. Is that Ingress sucks your battery dry.
2: Yes, it does. This is why I bought a new battery.
0: Like I, my battery was messing up, and the the cheapest option was a double sized battery. Even that is getting just destroyed by this yep. game. Yep. Oh I my god. I a,
2: a uh, um. Um, um, an Anker external battery, 10,000 milliamp Jeez. hours. I can charge my phone four times off of that battery. So, yeah. All right.
0: So, random topic.
2: Random topic.
0: At what age did you become an old cynical man slash woman?
2: I was born.
0: <laughs> I don't think any either one of us has become an old cynical woman.
2: No, no. Maybe it was there in case there's a guest.
0: Sure. That's probably my thought process. Probably. I mean, if you beca- okay. I think the internet has made us cynical. Cause that's what, that's the, that is the internet. Internet is cynicism.
2: I, I was born cynical.
0: Oh, come on. You didn't have the doughy eyes of youth?
2: You know what? No, I actually got it. I know, I know when it was. It was middle school. It was going to middle school. It was like the first day of middle school when my best friend... Refused to admit that I existed. What? Nate Mueller had been my best friend since kindergarten. Wouldn't talk to me in middle school. Wouldn't give me the time of day. Well, that's... That was it. That, that killed it for me.
0: That's a bit harsh. Yep. I don't know when I became cynical. Kate says she when became an old me. cynical woman at three.
2: You became cynical when you met me.
0: Now she says I might have been four. (laughs) Thank you for the clarification, as I shout through a wall and a door. I I don't know when I was cynical. Am I still cynical?
2: Yes. By the way, Frederick Meyer Garden has 48 portals.
0: Oh, what the frick?
2: And they're all right next to each other.
0: Eight. Like I said, eight, maybe ten.
2: Forty-eight. Eight. And most of them are empty. Like, you could walk up right there, uh, right now, and gain 42,000 AP, just from filling in the portals.
0: <laughs> I was doing some calculations. Right now in Kalamazoo, if somebody joined and they were green, mm-hmm. they could reach level four within two weeks. If not they taking
2: everything down? Or...
0: No, not even taking everything down. Just giving that 100 AP from hacking.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of hacking.
0: That's all you'd have to do. You just build up an armory, and all of a sudden, hey, you're level four. Boom, bring the hammers.
2: Let's see. Um, If I went to Kalamazoo right now, and I was enlightened right now, it's 109,000. That's just Kalamazoo, not including, like, Portage.
0: If
2: I include Portage, I'm at 177,000. And that's not for making links. That's just tearing things down and building them.
0: You need two sides to play this game, and currently in this area there are not yeah, two sides. I don't sides. know why
2: you have no one out there. I think
0: we just honestly scared the guys away, because there no. were a couple of them.
2: Ann Arbor is pretty busy lately.
0: Not Kalamazoo.
2: Not Kalamazoo. Go we'll make them all like level 7 farms. You'll draw out the greens. They'll take them down.
0: We need to be level 7 first. How do you suggest we do that? 10 AP at a time?
2: <laughs> Go find something to take down.
0: Like I said, I'm not driving a half hour. Anyway, I'm just being very <laughs> cynical of this game right now, it seems. Yes,
2: you are. Benton Harbor has a lot of green portals.
0: Half hour drive, at least. Actually, about 40 minutes.
2: You're gonna have to go somewhere, Andy. Go to Sorry. South Bend. Take a day. <laughs> just take a day in South Bend.
0: Yeah, not feeling it. So There's I don't know when I became an old cynical man. Maybe it's when I started wearing my old man hat.
2: Your old man hat? Your taxi cab hat?
0: My taxi cab hat?
2: Isn't that your old man hat?
0: I think it's called an English driving cap.
2: Okay. I have one, too. I don't know what they're called.
0: English driving cap,
2: yep. A, okay. Or a flat cap. Or a flat cap. Yes, I, I probably shouldn't take mine to England.
0: Because it'll look like you're
2: trying too hard. Or I'll get stopped and people asking me about, like, my cab. No? There's somehow races? some sort of
0: flat cap with academic regalia what
2: pass anyway (laughs) that would be the random topic and and the review and that means that we're done yes okay it's been a pleasure andy it's been an interesting episode
0: yes yes it has
2: all right bye everyone
0: that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast